will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 400 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm the Pokemon Really Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the celebratory League Freak, who you can also find on Twitter at League Freak. Happy 400, mate. Yeah, it's fantastic. Who would have thought when we started out saying, let's stop fucking around and do a podcast finally. That hang we... on, hang on. Not we. You said that. Well, I did. I messaged you. Because... Because I do tend to just fuck around. I, I I don't want to take all the credit for it. But you should, because I end up being that person who is basically all talk and no fucking action. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, that's not the case. Anyway. You, you were the proverbial boot to my pants. Yeah, I, I, will, I will accept that. <laughs> it's crazy that we've done 400 of these things. I know. Well, you've done basically 400. I'm probably sitting around 300. <laughs> I've done three. I've done 398. What would you be at? I was thinking about this today. I reckon you would be at about 388 or yeah, something like I'd, that. I'd be 380 or so. Yeah. I reckon I've missed quite a few. At least at least 20. Yeah, I don't think it's been 20. I reckon it's no, been. I, it would be 20. You reckon? Comfortably. Remember that time I was, you know, before COVID came along, I used to, I got every other fucking virus that was under the sun. Yeah, that's right. You were sick. And all you just time. you just ran the thing, and then I got sick. Remember that episode? I jumped on and I sounded like I was dying. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, but you know, as we all know, I mean, this is there like one of those go down memory lane episodes. You know, you had an onion and you're all good. Yes, I haven't been sick since. I consumed an onion, um, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. You should eat a fucking onion. You should go into the kitchen and go and get an onion and start fucking eating it. Oh, I don't have any onions in there. Oh, I don't have any onions in there. Damn. Whatever. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get one from work tomorrow. Yeah, we'll go and find a fucking vegetable. Go and find a turnip or something. What type of vegetables do you like down there in Melbourne? Steak. steak yes, steak. That's isn't my favourite vegetable. Isn't it weird how there's all these articles saying we've got to stop eating meat? We're, we're killing the environment. Let me tell you, if the last thing that happens is I'm eating a sirloin steak just as the world explodes. <laughs> <laughs> just let me finish that fucker first before the uh, thing goes. I will put a bit of sauce on it and I'll just, it'll be nice. Yeah, even absolutely. I don't Absolutely. Care, I don't even care if it's good steak. Like it might be hey. steak. If all these cows are bad for the environment, we're doing our part to try and get rid of them. I know. I'm eating them as quick as I can. Yeah. I mean, we're not the ones breeding them. We're just trying to get rid of them. We're we're doing all we can, people. We've got to work with us. Help us out a bit here. These cows are having way too much sex. (laughs) Way too much. Way too much. It's ridiculous. We're doing our level best. Yeah, we really are. We really are. And, And these, you know, vegetarians, let's be honest. They are bad for the environment because they're saying we should leave them all there and just let them populate like crazy. Mm. Yeah. They're madness. Eat the, eat the cows. You have to eat leather. all the animals. Got to eat all of them. Mm. You know, the, the funny thing is that uh, if you use shampoo, guess what's in that? You don't even want to know. But it's cow products. 
Well, it have to be. Yeah, they. Well, you know what they do? They basically take all of the stuff that you can't eat and wear, and they boil it, and then they skim some stuff off the top of it, and a lot of that goes in shampoo. Sweet. I wonder mm. what it tastes like. <sighs> Go and get a bottle of shampoo. We'll find out. I tell you what. If you if you got the shampoo, made it brown, mm. stirred it up a little bit, sprinkled a bit, a little bit of corn flour in there. Poms that have it on chips. Probably. <laughs> it's mushy peas. Um, we were doing a rugby league. Oh, we hadn't actually started the rugby league podcast yet. No, we hadn't. We were still congratulating ourselves. As we do. I mean, we could actually, we should actually just do episode 400. It should just be us talking about how great we are. I know. We've got the most prolific rugby league podcast on planet Earth and the best one overall. Yeah. Of all the ones that I've listened to this week, yeah. Ours is definitely the best. 100%. Because let's face it, a lot of them are shit. Well, they're not us, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Hang on. Hear that? No. No, that's not a single one of them complaining about what we just said. Exactly. They didn't that, win an award. That's compliance. They didn't win. Yeah, they've got to pay to get an award. Yeah. We just we see get- through that bullshit. We yeah. fucking just get them. Sorry. We just Should say, we? Freaky, go fire up the machine. We need some awards. Yeah. Boom. 50 million of them. We're not so much a podcast as we're an award-winning machine. <laughs> That's right. And we own the machine. Yeah. Anyway, what we're going to do in this this uh, 400th episode, we're going to preview round nine of the 2022 National Rugby League season. Lovely. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, and we're going to do it thanks to our wonderful friends and major sponsors, Palmerbet. You know that shit's getting real when you press play and you hear Palmerbet with the big don't argue. You know you're about to get entertained. Oh, yeah. And educated. Yeah, yeah. So It's ed- edutainment. It really is. And it's brought to you by Palmerbet.com, where we all of the odds you're about to hear from Palmer Bet. They are. And always make sure you gamble responsibly, people. All right, let's get into it. Okay. Um, I don't actually have the uh, draw in front of me at the moment, so I'll get you to read them out. Okay. Well, on Thursday night, we have the South Sydney Rabbitohs hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Now, in the head-to-head, South Sydney are favourites at $1.23. The Broncos are at $4.20. The Broncos have an 11.5-point head start, which is a big head start, I reckon. They've gone out to $2 with the 11.5 points handicap. The South Sydney Rabbitohs are at $1.80, so a little bit of money has been put on them there. Um, I, You know what? I was tempted to go with the Broncos. Mm, I'm just looking at some stats here, and the last time Brisbane won away from... Lang Park against the Bunnies mm-hmm. was 2018. Wow. It's a fair while ago. I just, I don't know. I feel like the Broncos, they went through a bit of a real down patch. They played pretty poorly. But I feel like maybe they're coming back a little bit. And South Sydney are a little bit shaky. I just, you know, I'm, I'm weird on South because you look at them play and you go, yeah, they're a solid team. But then you just look at their halves and go, hmm, I I don't have any confidence in that. I don't yeah. know why. I just don't. And so I find myself tipping against them an awful lot, even though they're 
you know, they they are a good side. Let's not be not beat around the bush there. They're a decent team. Mm. Um, I mean, they're in the top eight. Can't be that bad. But yeah, I just look at them and go. I for, for some reason my head's just saying there's something flaky about them. But I, I haven't really seen the flakiness. Um, to confirm that it's just a, a bit of a gut feel, and I think it's just the fact that they don't have a, um, you know, experienced halfback there. And you know, Latrell Mitchell, if he's not injured, he's being a dickhead and getting himself suspended, so he's barely in the side these days. Yeah, like I was looking at where they both stand on the ladder, and look, the difference between these two teams is that the Broncos have had some games where they haven't been able to score points, but. I feel as though when the Broncos are on, they should be able to have the firepower to overcome this South team. Now, I've tipped South still. I couldn't go against them, but I'm not confident. Like, I feel as though I could very easily after this game think, man, I should have tipped the Broncos. I would have looked like a genius. Yeah, yeah. I'm... I'll I'll go Brisbane, but I'm I'm not like you. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go against Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's largely because it's not at Lang Park, mm-hmm. and uh, South Sahara on the ladder. That's feeble. I mean, that is one step away from saying, um, "Oh, their mascot has bigger teeth." <laughs> <laughs> I guess he does, hey. <laughs> That's about it. Less teeth. The horse has more teeth. Yeah, well, the teeth that the bunny has are bigger. That's true. Remember when they, they stopped the horse from galloping around Lang Park for safety reasons? That's probably because back when that was going on, Brisbane were flogging everyone, so the horse is probably digging a big trench around the ground. <laughs> I know. I feel like... And I don't know why. I feel like rugby league management wouldn't give a shit about running a horse to death at the moment. It's just a feeling I've got. I, anyway, it's a uh, it's a Vlandy thing. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Fuck it, I will. <laughs> anyway, so we're both tipping South in that one. Um, yeah. Friday night at the early game, six p.m. We've got the hopeless, heartless, gutless Canberra Raiders up against the rejuvenated Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Now, the Raiders are favourites for win this one. They're at $1.85 on palmerbet.com. Uh, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs are at $1.95, so it's pretty close. The Bulldogs have a one-and-a-half-point head start. They're at $1.80. They've had some money come in for, at that. And, obviously, the Raiders, one-and-a-half-point handicap there at two dollars i tip the bulldogs uh yeah i'm so looking at recent uh form line here between these two canberra's won the last five straight games mm-hmm. um and so the bulldogs last win over canberra was in 2017 uh canberra's won seven of the last eight hopefully uh, barrett hasn't sucked the life out of this Bulldogs team. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I, I look at this this matchup on paper and I go, this has all the hallmarks of being an absolute fucking bludger. It does. It does. But I also think, like, if the Raiders lost 
big to the Bulldogs, would that be Ricky Stewart's last game? No. You don't reckon? No, no, no. He's, he's got mates all through the media. Have a look. Have a look at how shit they're going at the moment. Mm-hmm. And have a look at all the articles about, you know, what's going on with the Raiders. There's none. Yeah. But then again, there's probably none because they're irrelevant. They're scared. <laughs> you know what? They only bully the weak. <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll save that for a tweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm... You know what? If people go to the rugby league group that I started on Twitter and that that recording is in there, it's the, I think mm-hmm. it was the top post last time I saw. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to put my neck on the line. I'm going to go with Canberra here because I don't think a Ricky Stewart side mm-hmm. in Canberra mm-hmm. can continue to keep getting worse and worse and worse the way, the way they are for as long as they have been. They are going to jag a win. Mm-hmm. It won't be a good win, but they'll jag one just just in time. Mm-hmm. Before the media goes, should we write an article about Ricky Stewart? And then he gets a win going, oh, Ricky Stewart's a genius. 6 p.m. in Canberra. I don't. Yeah. I have a feeling it's not super cold down there yet. Well, relatively. Uh, it, it will be cold. It sucks. It sucks. It's yeah. terrible. Once, once the sun goes over the grandstand roof, yeah. the temperature drops by 20, 30 degrees. Mate, I'm, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, but I, <laughs> fucking I, horrid. Yeah, it's yeah. But I think, like, oh, this is not a bad day. And then the sun goes in, going, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the midwinter shit. Yeah, it's still like oh. the, the the bulldogs are going to go there, and they're not going to be like, um, this is stupid. Why would anyone live here? Not quite. <laughs> they like they will if they go and venture into the oh, city. Too. If if there's just a hint, a hint, just a breath of wind. Mm. Once that sun goes down, that cold will come through it and it will it will freeze your soul because that's what it does. It goes straight through the skin, straight through the bones. It goes straight to your soul and it says, I'm going to freeze that fucking thing. And that's what that wind does. Fuck the Canberra wind. It'll freeze the balls off a brass monkey. Oh, yeah. Off a cold brass monkey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Canberra just because I think they're, they're going to jag one. And if you're going to jag a win, you may as well do it against a Trent Barrett side. Yeah, it's always fun playing the Trent Barrett side, the architect. Now, the big game Friday night, it's two of the early season favourites, but I think that it's got a very different feel coming in now. It's the Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels. The Panthers are at $1.22 and the Eels are at $4.30 in the head-to-head on palmofbet.com. The Eels have a 12.5-point head start. Yeah, Wow. At $1.87, so there's been some money there. The Panthers with the 12.5-point handicapper at $1.93. Now, I feel as though six weeks ago, Parramatta fans were ready for this game. They were pumped. Panthers weren't really thinking about this because, you know, we win premierships. Um, Now, I think it's been a little bit of turmoil at Parramatta. The fans are not happy. It feels as though this Parramatta team is in a weird position at the moment, but I could see where it all gets turned around with good performance gets Penrith, but I wouldn't put my money on it. No. Um, let's be honest. The last four weeks have been mostly shit for Parramatta. Mm-hmm. They 
barely beat the Titans. It was 26-20. They lost to the Tigers, the Tigers' first win of the season. And that that was a woeful performance by Parramatta. I mean, I'm not going to take too much away from the Tigers. They were immensely better because Hastings was back calling the shot. So their attack was starting to look more fluid and less fluky. Um, but Parramatta played so stupid in that game. Yeah. Um, they then dicked the Knights, but, you know, uh, and then got spanked by the Cowboys last week. And that was probably, I, I'm still unsure which was the worst performance, the one against the Tigers or the one against the Cowboys. They were both really horrible. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they've had this thing about Jacob Arthur. And, I know. And it's weird because, I, look, people were getting into him apparently on social media. I yeah, that's wrong. I don't think he's a terrible player. I think he's all right. And I've, I've tweeted today, I think in the right situation, he'd be an all right player. But I don't think the right situation is his Parramatta Eels team. I think this is probably one of the worst situations for him. And I'm not even talking about his dad. I just think football-wise on the field, you know, playing alongside a half who just goes missing, completely missing. That's not what they need. No, uh, I mean, even look who's in front of him. You know, he's got a pretty damn good six that's already in front of him. So mm. they, they moved him to to centre to try and accommodate him. He just went, that's just got bad written all over it. And sure enough, it did. Yeah. Um, This is a horrible, horrible move. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he needs to be at a place where there's a a good seven who can at least call plays. Yeah. Now, he probably wouldn't go too bad at the Cowboys. You know, Chad Townsend's not much chop, but he does know how to call plays. He can't really create much, but if they're running plays and they're set plays, he can do the bare minimum he needs to do to get that done. I mean, we've seen enough of that over the last eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a better situation for him or, you know, something like that anyway. Maybe the Dragons even. Ben Hunt would probably be a pretty good house partner for him. True. Yeah, true. That, that would work out all right. I, another one, I, I would think that uh, playing alongside Hastings at the West Tigers, that wouldn't be the worst place for him. Anybody, going, anybody going in the Melbourne Storm, <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's an easy one. Um, look, at yeah, playing uh, alongside yeah. Nathan Cleary, you know. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Luke Brooks would look like a superstar player. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say one thing, stats-wise, about this Parramatta side. They've mm-hmm. conceded almost twice as many points as Penrith already after eight games. Yeah. And they are ranked ninth in defense this year on the ladder so far. Yeah. Just to make it sound even worse is the West Tigers are ranked eighth. That's rough. Yeah. That's a rough. Uh, So that's what Parramatta are. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the comp, not one of the best. I feel as though this game, we're either going to watch it and be like, oh, Parramatta used all of that energy during the week and fired up, and it, football teams do that sometimes. Or we're going to watch the Panthers strangle the life out of Parramatta, and we won't talk about Parramatta as a premiership threat, either this season or under Brad Arthur, or while they've got their current core group. I think that that's what is riding on this game for Parramatta. If they have a big loss or a really demoralising loss in this one, 
I think it's going to be really devastating for them. Yeah, I I don't think it'll be. I don't think they'll be shameful in this one. I think they'll actually have a better performance in this game um, than their last few weeks. Mm. I expect them to be much stronger uh, in the middle of the park, but I still see the Panthers. I wouldn't be surprised if the game's close at halftime, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers run away with it a little bit in the second half. Mm. I I don't know if Penrith will get to 30, but I reckon they'll probably win by at least two converted tries. I don't think... At the moment, the problem with Parramatta as I'm watching them play mm. is because they're now down on confidence, they're now playing one-dimensional footy. So Mitch Moses is not running anymore. And so... Because Penrith's got a very good defensive system, if Moses isn't running, which is what makes him dangerous and makes him a massive threat, if he's not running, Yo's just going to be on him all night. Mm. You've just got you've now just got one half who's being completely looked after by one forward. You're not creating anything anywhere now. Yeah, you know, and that's the problem. So his, his other option is, and this is going to be the only weak point is. Um, if Staines plays, Moses is going to kick to him a lot. Um, but I did hear that um, Brian Dutto is on the extended bench. Yeah, so I, and I think he'll come straight to the team. If mm. he, if he's, I hope he's completely fit and he's ready to rock and roll. Um, and man, when he comes in, their back line, their back line's better than it was last year. It's crazy. It's insane. Um <laughs> Now, also, Penrith, sorry, Parramatta have only scored four tries all up in their last four games against the Panthers. Yeah. I tell you, there'd be a lot of teams that would be like that, to be fair, though. And they've only scored 26 points in their last four games all up against the Panthers. I Looking at this game, like, I really do. I felt like the, the Eels are going to use all this negative energy and channel it into a good performance. But there is part of me that also thinks... Are the Panthers going to be thinking about all of that shit talking the Eels did from a trial game and just decide, you know what, you think you're a fucking good team and just crush them? I think Penrith will probably... um, I think they won't be too focused on scoring points in this game. I think they'll be trying to keep Parramatta's attack shut down. Yeah, yeah. I've seen enough of Ivan Cleary at the moment in the last few seasons to know that He's not he's not that obsessed about scoring points anymore. He's more about, you know, if we can if we can screw down a team so hard that they find it hard to actually make momentum, we'll score enough points off the back of that where we need to. Well, he's, he's all about just wringing the life out of teams. Here's a question for you. We, and we've seen it this year. So you've got the Melbourne Storm who can put a 70 points on a club, right? We've mm-hmm. seen that performance. Then we saw that performance where the Panthers didn't let the Raiders play in one half of the field for a whole half of the Like So we've seen those two different performances. Isn't it cool that in rugby league you can have both of those dominating styles of game and they're so different and they're both so successful? And I like I enjoy watching both. But I've got to say, with and it's probably because I'm a Panthers fan, to be fair, seeing what the Panthers did against the Raiders to me is just the purest form of domination in rugby league I think we've seen this year. Because you can say, like, okay, the, the New Zealand Warriors were disgraceful in, 
in defense, and that's fair enough. But to stop a team when they've got the ball in hand so completely, like just not letting them do anything, it was crazy. Yeah. And it, it, they're, you know, we can talk about how good the Storm is. I, I love the Storm. I, I talked about Storm 400 episodes or 398 anyway. But, uh, damn, that, that, the Panthers are the only team that can completely crush your soul by not letting you do anything. They've got to be the worst team to play against. They are. I was, I was just, I was just thinking out loud there when you're talking. I thought, I wonder how many tries you need to score against the Panthers to be like a genuine chance of at least a 50% chance of winning the game. And I thought, yeah. three is usually a pretty good mark. I was going to say three, yeah. The last time they lost a game when the opposition scored three or more tries was in round 20, 2021, against the Storm. Yeah. There's been five games since then where the opposition scored three tries or more and lost. Yeah. The Penrith still won despite the opposition scoring at least three tries. Um, so, to be honest, you're going to need to score. You're going to need to score four tries yeah. if you want to be a 50% chance of winning the game. That's that's the other thing. Like Panthers' attack is so good that it can put on at least 20 odd points. You know, pretty much nearly every game if they need to. Yeah, it's not a hassle. So it means you need to score four points, uh, four tries in order to have a chance, a 50% chance of winning the game. But you've got to be able to score four tries against that defense. Yeah, and it's, it's like, I mean, when they're on, you're, you're flat out just getting in good field position. And, you know, it's that's the thing if Parramatta comes out and they're playing with that clunky awkward style where they don't throw much at you the the Panthers will eat that up all day um it's going to be an interesting game to watch because we're going to see like we know what the Panthers are going to give us but we're really going to see the Parramatta Eels and what they're made of in this game and we're either all going to be like you know what that was pretty solid coming off of where they're coming off of this week, or we're going to be like, oh, we don't have to worry, worry about the Eels this year. And that's yeah. a pretty big difference. Uh, like, man, it's if the Eels could have played, I feel like the Eels would rather play the Storm this weekend than the, the, the Panthers, because at least they've got a pretty good record against the Storm, relatively speaking. I think what they probably want is to play... Um, Newcastle pretty that much be, every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say it. Massive flat track bullies. Put them up against a, a poor performing team at the wrong end of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Parramatta smashes them. Mm. Put them up against either a top team or a team that's playing well. Like even if they come up against the Dragons this week, they would struggle because the Dragons have won three in a row. They'd struggle with it. I flat track bullies. They've got to be up against a team in shit form or just an outright shit team in order to have a chance of being comfortable with the win. But they play well against the Storm. Sometimes. Yeah. But, and look, they played well in that one game against the Panthers in the finals. I uh, thought you meant in the trials. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the thing that gets me. The, I, 
And it's going to be interesting to see with the Panthers because you feel as though the Panthers have won their premiership on the back of just talent. You know, they've, they've, this is an influx of talent you don't see very often come into a club. And so you can say, is it just talent? And they've got this ridiculous defence. If they come out and they just decide to put one on the eels and hear them come after the game and say, you know what, this ain't a fucking trial match. It would be like, oh, this Panthers team's a bit different. <laughs> you know, this, this Panthers team's a vindictive champion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be yeah. like when Mike, you know that in the, uh, that, uh, Michael Jordan documentary that he uh, he funded and made himself look good in, where there was about 15 instances where he said, oh, no, I took it personally. Could be like that. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I, I I think Paramount will be improved, but I don't <laughs> think they're going to get close here. No. I agree. And I'm comfortably. Now, Saturday afternoon, we're going to this... Huh? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Saturday afternoon, we are heading to the sour ground there on the northern beaches. Uh, I don't, I don't even know what they call it these days. Is it Three Pines Stadium they call it? Uh, North Sydney Oval, I think. North Sydney Oval. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go well. I think it's uh, Three Pines, Three Pines Park. Okay, Three Pines Park. Uh, don't go sitting in the northern end. Especially in the northeast corner, it's not good. The um, Sydney Oval corner. Yeah, they're, the Manly Warring Seagulls are hosting the Wests Tigers. Uh, this home game for the Tigers, dude. Uh, the head-to-head results <laughs> on palmerbet.com. The Manly Seagulls are at one dollar nineteen. Holy shit! Yeah. The West Tigers are at four dollars eighty. The West Tigers have a 13.5-point head start, which is pretty damn good, if you ask me. They're at $1.95. The Manly Warringah Seagulls with the 13.5-point handicap on palmerbet.com, they're at $1.85, so there's been a bit of money there. Yeah, because Tom Trebojevic is back. Oh, boy. That's all it is. Um, the Manly have scored 27 tries in their last four games against the Tigers. <laughs> That's an average of 6.7 tries per game. That's, yeah. And one of those games was a loss. <laughs> what? What was the score in the loss? 34-32. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the, the last four games, they won 32-12, uh, 32-34 loss, 40-6, and 44-24. Oh, man. I feel way less confident about that 13-and-a-half-point head start now. <laughs> <laughs> it's... uh. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, that's it's, rough. That's it's really very rough. brutal. Um, should check what the West Tigers records like at Brookvale because I reckon it's probably a continuation of that sort of. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering what that was. Hey, um, they've had three wins at Brookvale since mm-hmm. two thousand and one. Oh shit! That's out of fourteen games. Okay, what was their last win? The thirty-four thirty-two game, which was in twenty twenty. Okay, okay. And then before that was 2018, and before that was 2003. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? Mm, not really. Let's have a look here. Let's see if there's anything else that looks crazy. Um, so Manly averaged 26.5 points per game against the Tigers at Brookvale. Mm-hmm. The Tigers averaged 19. 
So that's a seven point margin. That, well, that's a, that's over twelve games at Brookvale between the two. To be fair, this is a different West Tigers team over the last week and a half. Is it though? No, not really. No. But you know what? There were a couple of good rounds there, and I think that that's what we should focus on. Um, Jackson Hastings comes up against his most hated rival in Daly Cherry Evans. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually saw a little bit of a, an article was written about that, and I think it was something along the lines of he doesn't really hold any grudges against Daly Cherry Evans, but he hasn't talked to Trent Barrett since, which is like... Well, that's fair. I mean, no one talks yeah. to Trent Barrett. But under what circumstances would he talk to Trent Barrett? Since... Oh, you know, if he wanted some advice on some plastic chairs. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, Which choice do you go for, Trent? He goes, oh, I like the ones that have got a bit more flex in the legs. So, you know, you can put the, the prop forwards on there and they're not going to break them. So I get to reuse them a bit. Um, also get the white ones because most of the plastic table settings that you get at Bunnings are the same colour. So, you know, they can sort of match up a bit. Yeah, that's that's kind of the information you get from Trent. It's pretty good advice, to be fair. The fucking architect. <laughs> <Ugh>. So, <laughs> are you going to tip the Manly Seagulls or the West Tigers? Let me put it this way. Manly will win, but I'll tip the Tigers. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm I, tipping the Tigers not because I think they'll win, yeah. but because I support a shit team. So, um. The, I deserve to tip them and lose that tip every week. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. That, that's my punishment. I, uh, I'm i tipping the Manly Seagulls, and after all the stats you read to me, <laughs> they could they could score 60. Yeah, I would be – well, you know, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. The Tigers' defense has been um, considerably improved over the last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, has it been tested? Well, I mean, they haven't been up against atrocious outfits, um, but they haven't exactly been up against the top of the line stuff either. So we haven't really got a rule to check them out against the likes of um, Penrith or Melbourne yet. Um, I mean, the worst performance so far was when Cronulla, who were in top form at the time they played them, put you know scored thirty on them. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's not too bad. Oh no, they did play Melbourne in round one. That was twenty six to sixteen, so that wasn't too bad. Yeah, that wasn't um, bad. I forgot about that game. So yeah, defensively they're doing all right. So if uh if Tom's not quite a hundred percent, they might be able to keep him quiet. Especially if Hastings is able to have a an effective kicking game and not kick it to him on the full. Um, because we see a lot of stupid halfbacks will just kick the ball down. Tom's throat all the fucking time. Have you not been watching the game? But no, they haven't. Just like they yeah. used to do it all the time to Slater, and then they end up having to wait for the the game to change the rules to try and negate Slater. How stupid only, was that? The only fullback you should ever kick to every single time is Clint Gutherson. I was going to say Moses and Bye. Oh, yeah. Him. If you kick to Moses, he'll let it bounce. <laughs> <laughs> he really will. He, he, he's not confident. No. Oh shit! 
He'll be like, every time you see a kick up to Moses and Bayer, I reckon Dragons fans just cover their eyes going, oh. look it's up like, occasionally about three seconds later going, oh, okay, they didn't score a try. <laughs> it's like a bomb goes up to him and he's like, I think this will be all right. <laughs> Someone puts up a bomb, he looks up and goes, hey, catch that bomb. He's going, a bomb where? Fucking run. <laughs> Although I will say this. Who do you think is more likely to make a break running the ball back from fullback, Mbai or Gutherson? Fuck, that's a hard question. Yeah, I know. I'd think I'd go for Mbai. Mbai might only because the Dragons' wingers may not go back, and so you'll have no option but to run, whereas Gutherson's wingers know that he doesn't run, so they're always back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, not not. Not great there. Um, yeah, I I don't think the Tigers will win this. But I don't think they'll disgrace themselves. Yeah. The important thing is their books are great. They yeah. are great. And look, if they keep if they keep being decent defensively, mm-hmm. right? If if they can make a, a habit of being reliable enough in defence, and even if they finish the year irrespective of wins and losses, okay. If they can finish the year as one of the top eight defensive teams, finally, you can start to go, okay, you know what? We've got something to build upon because you can't build upon an attack because if you come up against, you know, eight teams that got better attack than you, you can't outscore them and you can't keep them at bay. You're going to get fucking flogged. So you need to have good defense. Penrith and Melbourne and the Roosters in previous seasons have shown that Defence is very, very important to being successful. So if the Tigers can be a top eight defensive team for the majority of the year, then that should be the basis of what they start from for next season. As you go, you know what, we they can't sit there and, and try and convince themselves that they're a fucking chance of making the finals every goddamn year. They're just not, and they're not even close to it. Mm-hmm. But if you you need something to build from, and they've never, ever made the effort to try and build from a strong defensive base. I'll say it again. The title winning in 2005 was a fucking fluke. They hit form at the perfect time of the season and come up against a bunch of teams that were either busted or worn out. And the rules at the time just completely suited the team they had. And they just ran teams ragged. They ran around them. They ran through them everywhere. And it wasn't through sheer power. It was just through speed. Mm. They didn't have a big forward pack. They had a very mobile forward pack and a very agile one. And a lot of teams were still getting around with these big lumbering forwards. So they just had them constantly going backwards because the rules allowed that. They changed the rules the following year. And where were the Tigers? Hmm, outside the eight with a virtually unchanged team. So let's be honest. 05, while it was fantastic, was also fluky. And so it, it was the... it's. A massive anomaly in the whole defense is what wins you games. Because um, right now, with the rules they have been since then, you do need to be a strong defensive team if you're going to be a successful team on the field. And the Tigers haven't been a strong defensive team since 2000. Yeah, that's true. So finally, they're working on something that's you can build a base off. It's taken a while, but we're finally there. So I, I can handle watching them lose games like they did on the weekend where the opposition can only score two tries against them. Um, to me, that's not a bad result for a team like the Tigers. And with that in mind, they'll probably sack Maguire. Now, well, yeah. 
we have the game between the Sydney Roosters and the Gold Coast Titans. The Sydney Roosters at palmerbet.com in the head-to-head, they're at $1.29, and the Gold Coast Titans are at $3.64. The Gold Coast Titans have a 9.5-point head start. They're at $2. With the 9.5-point handicap, there's been a bit of money for the Sydney Roosters. They're at $1.80. Yeah, the Roosters haven't lost to the Titans since 2017. Wow. They've won their last eight straight, and they've put on a few points in that time. Um, let's have a look here. 242 points in eight games, so they're averaging 30 points a game against the Titans. And the Titans are only getting 17 in comparison. So it's a 13-point win. So <laughs> there you go. And, and the 13 plus. The Titans this year, they're just getting worse and worse. No for feeder for this game. Um, so Well, you know what? To be honest, that's not a loss. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been largely dog shit. Yeah, he has. And uh, I feel as though, like, the Roosters lost last week against the Canterbury Bulldogs, so they'll want to pull one out in this one. Um, look, the Roosters are kind of the team I expected them to be at the start of the year. Everyone was talking about them being one of the favourites, and I was like, you know, are they really? And I kind of feel like this is exactly where I had the Roosters, where, you know, they were trying to develop some players. They were a little bit more inconsistent than we're used to. Um, they're going to, you know, I don't think they're anywhere close to the Panthers or Storm. and But they're not in a bad place, you know, but they're, but they're not what they've been in previous seasons. And you shouldn't expect that. They had like 57 players have to retire last year. So, um, yeah. but they're the Titans. I, I've written off the Titans this year. I put a lot of faith in them after that good result against Parramatta, but... Yeah, they, I, I've just got nothing for them at the moment. They're playing like dump. They are. And look, the the Roosters haven't... I think they've lost their last two games, haven't they? Uh, they lost against the Bulldogs. Yeah. And the Dragons the week before by two points. So but they, they've only lost three in a row once since 2016. Oh, wow. That's a good record. Um, so the Roosters have... They're three and two in their last five games. Yeah. And the Titans are one and four. Yeah, the Titans are they're junk, let's be honest. What did you think of the, you know, it was more of the media trying to make something out of nothing. The Roosters are trying to get it so that they host the first game at the new SFS. And it was sort of lined up that they were not letting the Rabbitohs be part of that or to be the first game. I think it's fair enough. You know, the Roosters are right there. They played at the SCG, which was a shit sandwich they've chewed for a couple of years now. And, you know, I think it's fair enough they get that first game at the SFS, to be honest. Uh, You know, I I don't really care. I'm, I'm fine if the Roosters want to get it first. Yeah. Who remembers the first game at any stadium, really? Yeah. I think the first game at the original SFS was between was it between South and the Roosters? I can't remember. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. It's like they're just them games. Wasn't the first game at the Olympic Stadium Parramatta versus maybe St. George, Illawarra? 
Let me find out here. Oh, it was East, East versus St. George in 88. South played East in the second game. There you go. I remember the second game. That's weird. Yeah. Okay, um, about the Olympic Stadium. Let's have a look. Because this is important stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stadium Australia results. First game, Manly versus Newcastle. There you Who go. That? Completely wrong. And I oh know it was a double header, so Parramatta played the Dragons as well. So which one was which one kicked off first? You might have been right. Yeah, which one was first? I feel like it was Parramatta. I feel like because there was a, I feel like it was an Eel scored the first points of uh, first try there. Uh, we don't have the kickoff time on here. I think you're right. I think it was the uh, the Parramatta Dragons game was the first one. Okay. <laughs> um, hundred and four thousand people were there for that. Yeah. Oh so, no, hang on. It what? was merely Newcastle because we've got a note here saying Terry Hill scored the first ever try at the new stadium, Australia. Oh, there you go. Okay, so I was wrong. T- Terry Hill, what a legend! <sighs> Great, he loves. Fresh. The West Tigers signed this bloke who was a test centre, one of the best centres still in the game at the time, and they turned him into a lock. <laughs> <laughs> so I had Jason Lowry, you know, I had a few other people there, Mark O'Neill. I could have had those people who were locks play at lock. No, let's have Terry Hill. Would you do that? Yeah. It makes no sense, the locks playing lock. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> So what more is there to say about this game? Like, I feel as though this is just a easy game for the Roosters. They'll they'll welcome this contest. I suspect the Roosters will come out and probably put on a score. Yeah, because yeah. they've been they've been pretty poor the last two weeks, and that shit's going to change. The Titans have scored just one try in their last two games. That's right. uh, sorry, each each of their last two games. So they. One try against the Cowboys, one try against yeah. Penrith. That's it. Um, they are rubbish. Right now, they are rubbish. And their defense is just, it's guessing half the time. Now, speaking of rubbish, in the last game on Saturday night, we have the North Queensland Cowboys, who are in their head-to-head on palmerbet.com, a $1.16 against the Newcastle Knights, who are... <sighs> Five dollars thirty. That's the generous to the Knights. Yeah, I reckon. Eh, the Knights have a fourteen and a half point head start at one dollar ninety three, and yet there's been money with the fourteen and a half point handicap at one dollar eighty seven for the North Queensland Cowboys, and I can't argue with any of it. Like no. I agree with you. I think five and a half dollars is uh is crazy. Like, yeah, I, I mean, think that they could be seven bucks easy. I mean, the Knights haven't scored a try for two weeks. Yeah. And they've conceded 15. And, <laughs> like, how are the Knights going to stop Jason Tamalolo? They're just not. No. It's even worse than that, though, is the the Cowboys are starting to play good footy just wide of the ruck. They're, they haven't been doing much of it, but they're slowly starting to drift wider of the ruck, and they're playing some good footy out there. And the nice defence out there is questionable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Knights are playing with a lot of ill discipline. Uh, and I don't know. It's 
they they've got a lot to fix up there. I, I think um, I think that O'Brien will be sacked either this week or next week. That's my feeling. If they struggle to score a try again this week and get another score put on them, um, I will I will find myself being asked questions, statistical ones, mm-hmm. to try and com- see if there's any comparison between this night's team and the one that was winning wooden spoons and barely struggling to win a game every year. Yeah. Because it's not far off that now. I mean, they've conceded 89 points in their last two games and scored four. Two penalty goals. They were pretty good penalty goals. I had to be oh, that was sweet. Uh, I love the one, especially against Parramatta, because it meant the Parramatta had now conceded two points more than the West Tigers. <laughs> Even the Tigers <laughs> in the race. That's right. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. You, you uh, got anything else to say on that one? No, no, just Newcastle shit. Yeah, they are. It's like Newcastle, the Titans, and the Raiders. I'm disgusted by at the moment. Just completely yeah. disgusted. They just... Well, the Raiders have been unimaginative with the ball in hand ever since they lost the grand final. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, the Raiders are bringing back the human turnstile, uh, which should help their defence. Wow. To be honest, they've got a lot of issues out there at the moment, so, you know, it doesn't really matter who they bring in. Might as well throw them out, defend with 12 and hope the game isn't close because if he has to kick a goal, he'll choke. Um, two o'clock on Sunday, we have the Melbourne Storm, your local team, Andrew. Oh, they, yeah. they take on uh, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Oh. <laughs> the two ready? form teams of the comp. <laughs> are, you uh, are you ready for this, right? The Melbourne Storm are at $1.05. Oh, long odds. The St. George Laura Dragons are at ten dollars twenty. That's head oh, to head, yeah. Oh. And that's the Dragon side that's won their last three games. Yeah, and it doesn't feel that doesn't feel wrong, does it? <laughs> oh, not not in the slightest, not in the slightest. The uh, with the the line betting, the Dragons have a twenty two and a half point head start. I don't think I've ever seen a head start that big. That's at one dollar ninety. The Storm have the 22.5-point handicap, and they're also at $1.90. That's a rough one. (laughs) I'm just going to check out a bit of a stat here. How many games is this? I know they haven't been rivals for a long time now, but you still feel as though the Storm owned the St. George Illawarra Dragon's soul, don't you? A little bit, yeah. yeah. So the Melbourne's last 51 games, mm-hmm. they've scored an average of 32.9 points per game. Whoa. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. And so that's basically only two weeks after the Vlandy's ball started because that's mm-hmm. around 7-2020. The thing about their attack, too, is it's so clinical. Yeah. Like, it, it's not... Throwing the like when the Panthers are on, they throw the ball around a bit and do some crazy shit. That's not the storm. The storm are just so super clinical. They don't really throw the ball around. They, you, you know, you feel as though everything is just so perfect for them when they're on. Um, it's such a great style. I love watching the storm play. They're oh, just yeah. amazing. Look at yeah, thirty-two. So the average 
Melbourne Storm scoreline over their last 51 NRL games, this includes finals as well, mm-hmm. is essentially 33-13. to 13. Wow. What is the Panthers one? Can you do the Panthers over the same time frame? Yeah, sure. That, that's a 20-point margin. Yeah, that's their flogging everyone. Yeah. All right. So over the last, uh, what was it, 51 games. Because that's a nice round number. Yeah, yeah. The Penrith have scored 1,400 points in their last 51. So that's 27.4 points per game. Mm-hmm. And 12 against. So they're, they're better defensively. Yeah, but they they've quite a few points down yeah. in attack. But they're about five and a half points down in attack, but one and a half points better in defence. Yeah, that's about and, a yeah four. And in the storm, I mean the storm during that time have had a couple of the, like last the other week where they played the the Warriors put up seventy. Um, yeah, you know it, it's not very often you see seventy points put up in a, a in a game. And that's only happened 10 times now? Yeah, I think that's what you were saying, 10 times. That was it's 10 or 14. Wow, I'll just, I'll just check that again as well. Fucking testing you tonight, hey? Put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, no, it's 10 times. Okay. Do you want me to go through? Yeah, tell me them. Okay. And this is in chronological order too. 1935. Round five, St. George beat the Bulldogs 91 to 6. It was that score line is actually bigger than it seems because tries weren't worth four points. Huh? That's right. So if we use today's scoring, that would be 110 to six. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> the Dragons scored 19 tries. Fuck. Um, the following week, East beat the same Bulldog side 87 to seven, and they also scored 19 tries. So if that was in today's scoring, that would be 106 to eight. Now, that's the game that Dave Brown holds the record for, yes. Yes. Was it six tries, ten goals? That, that, it's so outrageous. Crazy. Um, so they were both 1935. That was, yeah, that was seven days within each other. And they are the two biggest wins in the competition history. Then 1973, round 19, Manly beat Penrith 70-7. to seven. Mm-hmm. And then we jump into the NRL era. Uh, 2000, round five, Melbourne beat the Dragons 70-10. to 10. That was the grand final replay at the MCG. That was crazy, that game, because Anthony Mundine said, we yes. see ourselves as the champions. And yes. the Storm just – and it's similar to what I was saying about the Panthers, where the Storm just come out and said, fuck you, and yeah. annihilated them. And I think the next week, Anthony Mundine decided to quit and fight taxi drivers for the rest he of the did. He did. He um, did. The next one after that, 2003, was when Parramatta and the referee beat Cronulla 74-4. Why do you say the referee? Sent off David Peachy for something trivial. I think two other Penrith uh, Cronulla players were sin-binned or something at the same time. I don't remember that, huh? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, 2004, Penrith beat Manly 72 to 12. That was revenge for 73. Yeah, 72 to 12. <laughs> Held yeah. that grudge for a while. Uh, 2006. <laughs> we, you know what? We might wait 30 odd years, but we'll get you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Karma's a bitch. 
2006 round two, the Knights beat Canberra 70 to 32 in the highest point scoring game ever. Wow. 70 to 32. Yeah. 18 tries scored in that game. Jesus. Uh, 2007, round 11, the Broncos beat the Knights 71 to 6. It's a good thing they kicked that field goal. Yeah, yeah. That was the um, 2008, Canberra beat Penrith 74 to 12. 2008, 74 to 12. That would have been the Elliott era, yeah. Yeah. And then two weeks ago, Melbourne beat the Warriors 70 to 10. Do you, I don't think the Panthers have 70 points in them. Oh, I think I think they come up against the the right opponent in the worst form. Absolutely, they do. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, they do. I reckon you got you got two O back and fit, mm. and they're basically full strength. They come up against the team. What would be a good example? I guess. Um, oh. Actually, probably an out of form and you know injury hit Knights team. The Knights, I, I, or a the edge is bad. Yeah, or um, get to the end of the year and the Titans are just given up. Yeah, that's true too. The Titans, Titans, about three weeks from the finals. Yes, yes. <laughs> Where they're like already in holiday mode. They're already on the Gold Coast. And yeah. But Fafita hasn't played for six weeks because, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I reckon they could definitely hit 70. Could you imagine if the Panthers put 70 on the Parramatta Eels, how crazy people would go? Oh, that'd be hilarious. It would be kind of funny, but <laughs> the, the, just the it would just be like Parramatta fans would go into a meltdown, and I think they'd have every right to, to be honest. That would be the absolute funniest thing, though. What? If they scored about 50 of those points just from Nathan Cleary putting two-point field goals. <laughs> just, get, just gets to the 40-meter line and just goes, bang, oh, there's another two points. Would that be the funniest <laughs> outcome you could think of this year? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine winning a game, like, 70 points to nil, and there's, like, 50... <laughs> 50 points through field goals. Field goals. <laughs> Do you remember there was a time in uh, State of Origin, I think it was during Super League, where New South Wales were just so on top where um, Brad Fittler started kicking field goals from like halfway? That was, wasn't that in the mid-90s? Yeah. I think there was a game where he and Benny Elias kicked a field goal each. See, I feel like it was, in my was head, it, it's like it 96-ish. Okay. Well, it might have been. Because so 95, they they lost 3-0, right, to to Fatty's Maroons team. And the next year, it was just a complete turnaround. And I feel like yeah. it was in that 96 series where Fitler had started, like, all of a sudden, he's trying to kick field goals from 55 metres out. That might have been then. I'll have a look. Yeah. You kicked the field goal in 94. That's the one I'm thinking of, okay. I think. But not, I feel like 90, 94 was close, though. It wasn't that one. Yeah, 96 was a whitewash. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. So the one where they beat Queensland 27-12, that was in the decider. I think that might have been when Benny might have been covered in blood 
He kicked two field goals in that game, and Fittler kicked one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fittler's only other field goal was game three, 96. There you go. That would be the one. What was the scoreline in that one? 15-14. So, well, it was still a close game. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's really crazy. God, that was a good team, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and they got kind of revenge for the year before, which would have been really nice for them. I mean, it doesn't erase what happened. And that 95 team, take nothing away from it. Like, they, they legit won that series 3-0. But uh, I, you know what? And I can't remember who won in 97. Wasn't it New South Wales? I would guess it was. We'll go with New South Wales. Okay. Um, right. What other games have we got this week? <laughs> well, hang on. Did we do a tip for that one? Uh, we both tipped a storm. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the last game in our palmerbet.com uh, roundup, or preview, I should say, of yeah. round nine. It's the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the New Zealand Warriors. The Sharks are at $1.20 in the head-to-head. The Warriors are at $4.60. The Warriors have a 13.5-point head start at $1.95. With the 13.5-point handicap, the Cronulla Sharks have had a little bit of money on them. They're at $1.85. And the Sharks will be wanting to kind of pull it all back together again. Um, they, they've they had a pretty good run so far this season, but it feels like in the last couple of weeks they just haven't had that same defensive I don't know, edge that they have. Yeah, and the attack got a little bit uh, off kilter, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Modules have had a, bit, a few personnel changes, which has impacted that a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, teams have started really like cramping up um, Talakai, not letting him move as much as he had been in previous weeks, and that's sort of taken one of their big attacking weapons out of play a little. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you should see how they changed up here. The Warriors, oh man, they're hard to watch. Yeah, they're they're such a dumb football team, to be honest. And like, I I can't be too critical about them because of all the stuff they're going through. Like, I don't feel the same as I do with them as I do about the Titans and all that, but. There are some things I see in Warriors games where I'm like, what the fuck are they thinking? And the other thing I'll say is Sean Johnson is done. He's he's finished as a footy player, in my opinion. Um, he should go to Super League. He should sign a four-year deal with Super League club that hasn't got, you know, the, the NRL coverage over there. Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, they haven't, they haven't got TV yet in Huddersfield, have they? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it goes, um, I think it's supposed to go like sewage, electricity, and then you get TV. Yeah. I'll tell you what, when they get electricity, they're going to love it. <laughs> they will. They'll have to make their own gravy. Um, <laughs> the crazy thing about the Warriors. Yes. Only twice since 2010 have they posted 20 points or more against the Sharks. Oh, wow. So once in 2011, they, they beat the Sharks 26-18. Yeah, and then in 2015 they beat them 20 to 16. So how many how many wins have they had in that time? Uh, four out of hang on one two three four five wins out of 18 games. Jesus, that's yeah. pretty excited. They're 
pretty heavily owned. Mm. Um, so they need to score four tries. That, that's as simple as that. They need to find a way to score four tries against that Sharks team. But this is the problem compared to other Sharks teams we've seen in the past is this Sharks team knows how to score points. Yeah. So four tries may not even be enough yet. I don't know. I can't see the Warriors putting four tries on anyone at this stage. No, they look so bad at the moment. Um, and they're, they're up against some rough circumstances, but still it's just they don't help themselves. No. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they the ball handling is atrocious. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem. And yeah, that's for scoring four tries. They've done it once this year. And and like I watched Sean Johnson play, like there was a pass he threw, I think it was last weekend, where he <laughs> threw a forward pass over the sideline where he yeah. looked at him as if say, What the fuck are you doing? And Sean Johnson is a veteran player. There's no excuse for that. And I, I just keep watching him do stuff where I'm like, This guy's playing like he's still a rookie. Yeah, there's there's some bad bad plays in him. Mm. Um, and I hear that they've just lost Cody Nicarima as well. He's going to South. Oh, really? Apparently that was a deal that was being rumoured as happening today or yesterday. Is um, he during this year or is he going at the end of the year? I believe it's this year because the other one was South had signed um, Milford. But I think he's now going to a different club. I feel like he's going to the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, I think it might have been Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was waiting on some court case against him to get cleared up, which I think only ended a week or two ago. Yeah. And that greenlit the the transfer to the Knights. So, make it that what you will. <laughs> he's not going to help the Knights. No, no, no. Not, not the slightest. If, they, if, they they probably could have done with Nick Arima, to be honest. He's a little bit more structured than Milford. The thing about the Knights I don't understand is why they're... I, I would have Clifford at halfback, you know, and, and Clune they've got at halfback, and I just I don't understand why you wouldn't give the, give the keys to Clifford because he's obviously going to be a halfback long term. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Adam O'Brien, I just... I, there's so many... It all rests on his shoulders, though. I know. How many times does he have to apologise before they sack him? It's almost like he's begging them to sack him. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Yeah, at the end of the day, this loss is because I'm completely shit. Sack me. Kill me, please. Take me now. Do you reckon? Oh, no. He's got the full support of the board. We'll keep on for another. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Do you reckon Michael Maguire watches him and goes, that mad bastard? (laughs) He's like... How's he making that work? I never thought of doing that. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. But then again, I mean, because, and this is what I said, and it might have been the last episode as well, because O'Brien is coaching the Knights mm-hmm. and Matty Johns is in the media and he's a former Knights man, he loves the Knights, talks about all the time, it means that the vapid, insidious, um, loudmouth, bullying dickhead that is James Hooper lacks the balls to be critical of something that Matty Johns is, is positive about. Mm. So he goes after the Tigers because no one's trying to defend them. 
He won't go after the Raiders because Paul Crawley's brother works down there for him. He doesn't want to upset Crawls. As you'll notice, he doesn't upset his mates on Fox Sports. Doesn't mm. upset Kenty. You know, um, I would love I would love to know how the local media up in Newcastle deals with the Knights because it is a very small media market and obviously if I love them. Yeah, I would guess they would, you know. And that's They're everywhere, man. It's kind of like it's kind of like with Brisbane with the Broncos. You see them on all the ads. Yeah. Um, I lived in Newcastle for for a period there when I was doing some studies. Um, and yeah, they're all over the news. They're plugging everything. Yeah, they're superstars in the local area. It doesn't matter if they're winning or not. It's just where they are. It's crazy. Some of the ads too look pretty amateurish and pretty pretty sad. I'm surprised they haven't turned up on some of Matty John's shit. But then again, he probably doesn't want to upset anyone, make them look bad. He's talking about his own show too. Um, I, well, he's he's good at making himself look bad on there. I uh, I love those local ads though. Like when you you've got one oh, or something, and you see like an advert for some local business, and they've made it on like a couple of hundred bucks with a camcorder, and it's just I love those ads. They're great. <laughs> oh, they're good. All I remember one of them was it might have been Danny Vadaris, and he was sitting in a chair mm. with his feet in ice cream containers that are supposed to look like um, cement blocks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell they're advertising, but it's supposed to look like he was being like imprisoned. But he's smiling the whole way through it all. I'm going, man, this is fucking shit-ass production. Fuck, I love it. <laughs> I, I remember sitting, he's him sitting there with his hands behind his back yeah. in a chair and his feet in ice cream containers. I don't know what it was. Oh, And he's smiling away. You know the and, other... Uh, Sorry, I've no. met... I've actually I actually met Danny Badiris once or twice when I was when I was in Newcastle. He's a he's a lovely human. Yeah. Um I couldn't say a bad word about him. Brilliant human. Um John's boys though. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <sighs> I won't be too critical of Andrew. He's uh he was friendly enough when you say hello to him, but he won't go out of his way to you know, say good day or be warm or anything like that, but he'll happily have a chat if you start it with him and you're not too much of an asshole or interrupting him with anything. But Danny Baderas, uh, very, very, um, yeah, very lovely human. I could see where I speak Andrew, very highly of him. I could see where Andrew Johns would be a little bit, uh, and I don't have, that's the word I'd use standoffish is Andrew Johns. Yeah, and, and I, that that's all right. That's all. Yeah. I mean, at one point he was the most famous rugby league player in the world. Exactly. He's, he's and, dealt with some weird shit, you know. And he's probably sick of it. Um, yeah. Matty Johns. Yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> I was, you know, I was going to say when you, you know, when you watch those local um, news stations and they've got the news on. And all I can think of is that, like, all of the news readers, the weather people and stuff, all they're thinking of is. Please, someone see me and save me. <laughs> there's a there's a great um, clip. It might be on YouTube, and it's of the Victoria, uh, the Melbourne news readers. I think it might have been Channel Seven, mm. and the lady on there, who I think was the did the weather. Mm. I think she was leaving. Oh, and the guy who does the sports come on, and he went to lean in to give her a, a kiss and a cuddle on the cheek, and she flinched and like. Pulled away big time. I was like, don't you fucking touch me, you perv. <laughs> like, I was like, called in horror. 
Yeah, you're like, whoa. There's do some you, strong vibes right there. Do, do you feel like... Because sometimes we will get the Melbourne news late at night for whatever reason. I don't fucking know why. And for some reason, when I see the Melbourne news, it feels so like a local station. They've got a lot of effort to try and make it like really localised content. So um, I find when I watch the Melbourne news, and I don't watch the Melbourne news very often, I'll tell you that right now. Um, they they try not to, or it feels like they try not to report on anything going on in the other states as much as possible. <laughs> Whereas I always found with the Sydney news that at least have one segment where they spoke about what's going on in the rest of the country. Yeah. The Melbourne news is, uh, tries very hard not to do that. But we're the most important state. You only need to know what's going on here. I'm waiting one day because they'll get to a point where nothing happens in Melbourne whatsoever. And they go, we've got to pad out for half an hour here. Like, there's a war going on between Sydney and Brisbane. They actually brought tanks out. They're trying to murder one another. They go, oh, let's talk about coffee prices in Spring Street. You know, Melbourne <laughs> is known around the entire world for its coffee. Just ask people in Melbourne. Yeah, that's all right. It's so weird. <laughs> well, it's been an amazing 400 episodes. It has. I hope we've been entertaining. I know, right? Should, should we... Should we let everyone know we're quitting as of now? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Our goal was to get to 400. And that's, imagine doing that. I bet there are some podcasts where they've done that, where they've been like, I'm going to do 100 episodes and then I'm going to stop. That's it. Just fuck them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. We, what we will do, okay, mm. is we will we do have an end plan, but we know what we're going to do in our very last episode. It's going to be as controversial and horrible, <laughs> but we're going to have an absolute ball. I, I, you know what? I know we've talked about it. I remember us laughing about it, and I can't remember what we said we were going to do, but I'm in. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, we're going to be, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to attack what anything and anything that we want. It's not really going to be rugby league based at all. We're just going to go off the plot like never before, and we're going to try and offend as many humans as possible all around the world. This is like some next-level Amber Heard shit we're going to say. But the the beauty of it is, just to keep everyone um, glued in, Mm -hmm. is we don't know when that episode's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to tune in and wait for it. (laughs) Oh, shit. And with that said, thank you to Palmer Bet for providing us with all of the odds for this round of games. <laughs> uh, drumming up business. So I should be a salesman. Yeah, you should be. You should be. Um, Imagine that you, say to, you say to a customer, uh, this car would be fantastic. And did you know that once it gets to a certain number of years of lifetime, it grows a turbocharger? That'll yeah. sell it. Feel like, fuck, really? I'll buy one. It's uh never by the way, on the related note, never buy a Jeep. I've never owned a Jeep, but I took somebody that said Jeeps are shit, so don't buy them. Oh, but you buy it so you can say that you own one. That's exactly why people buy them. And then they mm. break down on the side of the road. Yeah, sitting there going. And then they can ring up the roadside assistance going, Hello, yeah, my name's John. I bought a Jeep. And they go, Ah, whereabouts are you? <laughs> it's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you poor bastard. I'll be right there. 
And then here in the back. Uh, got another Jeep owner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Uh, well, there you go. That's that's it. That was a good episode. That was. That was very good. 400. We did it. We did a strong 400 episode. Eh? So, yep. So tune in next week when we do our 500. Um, no, look, it's, it's been good. Um, thank you everybody for listening for 400 episodes. Um, and you know, we'll we'll comfortably rack out another 400. Easy, easy, easy game. This easy game. If you Um, guess how many episodes we'll end up doing on the podcast, what would you guess? A few thousand. Yeah. Same here. Yes. Thousands. It's going to be thousands. Yeah. Do you reckon the old man? Just screaming into the ether. Oh yeah, we'll be whinging about young journos by the time that comes around. <laughs> they weren't like the journos we have when we grew up. Remember Buzz Rothfield? Fuck, he was good. <laughs> yeah, imagine if we got to that point. They don't make them like that bastard anymore. <laughs> nah, Jeez, he, he used to call a spade a spade, didn't he? Let me no. tell you. They used to say some wrong things about him, but once he got him pickled enough, he was fucking great. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy, if we ever get to that point, we start praising journos. That's when we do fucking end it. We'll just, you know what? If we get to that point, just come up to the back of me, two in the back of the head, real quick, bang, bang, done. Yeah. yeah. The second was just to make sure the first one worked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a hitman on each one. We'll just send the text message and just says go to each one and just see this boom, boom, end of the episode. Wow, that got dark. Remember that smooth talker, fucking James Hooper. He was, he had his finger on the pulse, that guy. (laughs) There you go, Andrew. (laughs) Blow my brains out over the entire screen. Uh, That has got dark. Yeah, that did. That did. Took a turn. Took a turn. And yet, it's not the worst thing we've ever said on the podcast. And no, we know what the worst podcast is we ever did, and we had to get rid of it. Yeah, There's been an awful lot of editing done in the past. Yeah. Um, hey, did you listen to the last episode? I've only, seen, I've only listened to the first half of it and then had to deal with trains and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, mate, top-notch editing. That's all yeah. I can say. I can do some good shit with an editing button. button. I was going to say, there must have been about... That that episode must have been about thirty seven different pieces. I cut out I think I cut out uh let me think, about five or six pieces. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. So I, I did that and got it sorted out. That's why they pay us the big bucks, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. If they paid me a little bit more, I could take up coffee drinking in Melbourne. <laughs> And if they paid me a lot more, I could take up coffee drinking on the Gold Coast. Yes, well, that stuff. Gold Coast is the only place where the coffee costs by the kilo. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Now, look, uh, with that with that said, with that done, we'll wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on the socials at Instagram and Twitter at Virgo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, MySpace. Um, if there's a social network you think we should be on and we're not, let us know and we'll try and set up an account there and Nadine will sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nadine. Nadine's the best. She's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's good. She'll look at it. She loves it. Yeah. Um, Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on all of those socials. Check us out on your, um, you know, go to your 
podcast listening device and leave us a review on there and a five-star rating. That would be fantastic. Also, head on over to the website and you can contact us there, Freaky. Actually, don't contact us through the website anymore. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it just for the hell of it, just to you, plug the website. You just keep saying it just to, until I get to the point where I'm angry and I'm like, I've sent fucking 100 letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but the problem you have is you're not sending those emails to me. You keep sending them to the ATO all the time. I fucking send it to you on and off the podcast. Anyway, uh, if you want to send us an email. <laughs> Send it to podcast at leaguefreak.com. We will eventually read our emails out. We have four oh, of them. I'll be the next uh, episode. Yeah, why not? Why not? Actually, let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. Let's make it interesting. If what's a, what's a game we can pick this weekend? Okay, here's, here's one. If the Brisbane Broncos beat the Rabbitohs, the, our next episode will be reading emails. If they don't, you can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> the, the fate of email reading is in the hands of the Broncos. Exactly. So everyone should back them. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was thinking more along the lines of trying to promote people to, to send us emails. That's just promoting everyone to watch Broncos games. That's kind of torture more than anything else. Well, yeah. Well, if you send in an email... Uh, we will read it eventually. So, and, and we'll, you can say whatever you want in your email. You can ask for advice. You can talk about the football. You can critique our podcasting style. Uh, to just make it interesting. Try and keep us on our toes. Yeah. See what you can come up with. Mm. And we'll see what we can say without having to uh, edit it out. Mm. When I say we, Rick will edit it out, but, you know, that's what we do. Um, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, do all of that stuff. That's your homework. And uh, we'll have another episode soon enough. And we'll chat to you then. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858.